0: Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of If Memory Serves here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. I'm Taylor and with me as he is every month we wander back through the hazy halls of our memories growing up in the Area in the 80s and 90s well who's the whitney houston to my bangles it's my brother seb seb how's it going it's
1: going great you know just trying to walk like an egyptian oh, uh that's, trying that's
0: hard sometimes
1: trying to uh trying to beat it you know beat it um <laughs> wait what else what else uh you know i'm bad
0: uh i don't uh, know don't are you getting your money it? for nothing and your chicks for free
1: money for nothing chicks for free this is right uh i'm doing <laughs> okay. i'm doing okay nice
0: you know, how are you Good. Uh, it's, it's been a busy month. Um, at the moment I'm actually really tired, but, um, life carries on. That's what we do. Right. Right. The show must go on. Indeed. And, and our show tonight, we are talking the hottest jams of 1987. Um, but before we get to that, we are going to look at what has been happening. Previously on.
2: Previously on. Previously on. on
0: If memory serves, so you know, um, with our Halloween episode last month, I was actually looking at some of the old pictures, and I came across one from about 1980. I think it was; it might have been 81. And um, it turns out that year, I was Oscar the Grouch for uh, Halloween, and and you were the Count.
1: Yeah, it's a great photo. Um, I think that's Mom standing behind us.
0: Yes, in that photo,
1: and she's she's like you know you can hardly recognize her. It's some sort of like it's like a cracked out version of morticia adams or something going on you know <laughs> she's,
0: she's definitely ghoulish that's for sure right
1: yeah um and uh and i you know i totally dropped the ball last month of course we did our halloween episode talking about our favorite childhood cam- candy memories and i forgot to relay the story about how i once choked on a lifesaver candy really and yeah it took a, it felt like at least a couple hours it probably was 30 minutes but it felt like a couple hours to get it to go down and uh you know i could only breathe through the, the tiny little hole in the lifesaver yikes um i know until it i guess dissolved enough to really go down and I, to this date lifesavers won't even come near them you know what i mean wow. unless they're wow. like the gummy kind i guess you can't really choke on a gummy thing i mean i guess you um, could maybe
0: you could but i suppose there's less of a chance with a gummy one than there is on a hard candy one i'll take them mm, okay
1: all right well <laughs> <laughs> you got them. all right
0: sounds good do sounds you have good. all your
1: halloween candy purchased in, um, uh, no or?
0: no I actually don't have a bit of it purchased okay uh, I think we're, I think we're waiting till relatively last minute.
1: Is that a strategic, uh, you know, so you won't tempt you around the house kind of thing?
0: Probably. Cause I, you know, I bad mouth candy corn all year long and then some of it comes into the house and I can't get enough of it. <laughs> I don't know why it's sick. Sick, what about sick, cir- sick.
1: What about circus peanuts?
0: I love circus peanuts.
1: Oh, they're so they're, bad. They man. are
0: so bad, but I love them for, for whatever reason.
1: It, it makes, like, peeps seem
0: like uh, four-star food, you know what exactly. I mean? Ugh. I know. Anyway. I know. Ugh. Well, I tell you what. Let's take a look at what is going on. An ABC News brought to you by Budweiser beer. Stay with us. The late edition is next. Uh, to start off this month, uh, some sad news. Claymation pioneer Will Vinton has passed away. That's right, folks. The
1: Academy Award-winning uh, filmmaker... Uh, he coined the term claymation, and um, t- I mean, I think it's fair to say, you know, he's probably best known for things like um, the 80s icons, the California Raisins. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he did the Domino's Pizza um, mascot, the, the, the Noid. Noid. Yeah. The Noid. Um And of course, as we've talked about in our very first episode of the If Memory Serves podcast, he did, was the brains behind the Will Benton Claymation Christmas mm-hmm. circa 1985-ish? I think so, yeah. Um, which of course I forced mom and dad to watch with me each and every year, um, and and it's a real bummer because I mean the, there's so many great childhood memories that I can trace back to his uh, his artistic output, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so that was a that was a real that was a real gut punch. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Every year I watch the Academy Awards uh, television special, um, and I especially like to watch the in memoriam segment. And all I have to say is he better be in it. If he's not, I'm going to probably, I don't know, throw my remote control across flip, the room. Or flip something tables,
0: like toss chairs. Right, yeah. right.
1: I mean, I don't I don't think he's going to get the sweet spot. I don't think he'll be the hammer. I think right now Burt Reynolds is probably in the front running.
0: Probably. Um, but still, nonetheless. Um, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> he will be missed, but his legacy lives on for sure. In clay. In clay, yeah, Exactly. Well, as we previously reported, Toys R Us is gone, but it's kind of coming back. What do you mean by that? Well, so their bankruptcy auction has been canceled. And of course, we'll have links to all these stories in in the show notes. Um, And it's been replaced with the plan to reboot the brand and open new stores. Mm. Um, Reuters has reported... Uh, that instead of just selling off the brand name and all the assets, um, lenders now want to open a new Toys R Us and Babies R Us branding company that maintains the existing global license agreements and can invest and develop new retail shops. Does uh, this mean I,
1: I get my toy store back?
0: It I think so. There's no word yet on just how many stores uh, that would be or even what form they take mm-hmm. once they're open. Um, so it's literally just been a... Uh, ethereal kind of, you know, decision on paper and nothing's developed past that.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed. Maybe they'll pull through folks.
0: Definitely on life support still, I think. (laughs) Well, do you remember the Animaniacs?
1: Hello nurse. Yes. Of course I do.
0: That's absolutely right.
1: A great television cartoon show from the early 1990s featuring Mm -hmm. three cartoon characters who were, um, animals of some undetermined nature yes two brothers and a sister
0: mhm yakko wacko and don right yes well the uh the classic song yakko's world uh where uh voice actor rob paulson who does the voice of yakko goes through all the countries of the world in a fantastic song uh, has actually gotten a new verse for its 25th anniversary oh because you know Country borders have changed since the There's 1990s new countries. There are new yes, countries. And some countries, countries have gone away. So This is true.
1: Yeah. This is a good point. Yeah.
0: So we will have a link to that. Um it's always entertaining. Um I have a particular memory of um waiting in line to get uh Rob Paulson's autograph and Maurice Lamarche, who does um Brain of Pinky in the Brain, and Rob Shut Paulson is Pinky, yeah. And where, an old um where are you? Uh, this was the old Warner Brothers store in Valley Fair.
1: Holy crap.
0: Circa maybe 96. Man,
1: Jeez, we should have talked about that during the mall episode.
0: Uh, we should have, but I completely had forgotten about it because the person I was with at the time I've pretty much put out of my mind. So holy, holy crap. Do you remember how at the back of the Warner Brothers store, there was like this weird area where you could buy
1: like high end, like animation cell art, like original artwork and, and
0: stuff like that. I remember that very well. That was so cool. Yeah. Um, Well, there was such um, a crowd there uh, that they went way past the time they'd originally allotted for autographs. But these two um, legends uh, stuck around and, you know, didn't rush anyone and spent time talking with everyone. And it was it was a pretty awesome experience.
1: Holy cats. Where was I? Man, I just dropped the ball on that one. Who knows what I was up to?
0: Yeah. you were off doing something else.
1: Apparently so. Jeez. Huh.
0: Well, lastly, uh, this month, uh, it turns out Carol Spinney, the, the man behind both Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, is retiring or has written has now retired right uh, from Sesame Street.
1: Something like 50 years on the show, something like that.
0: Huge. Yeah, a yeah, ton of time because I believe this show originally premiered in, I think, 1969. So the show's almost been 50 years now. Do you know
1: Car- with Carol? Carol wasn't also the voice actor Uh,
0: um no i think he was oh wow okay not 100 percent sure on that honestly i'm embarrassed to say but i think we'll get back to you folks yeah
2: (laughs) but still
1: i mean like that's that's pretty impressive you know um i mean big bird i mean who big bird's like he's he was like the tom hanks of my childhood you know in the sense that you know um he was big never (laughs) physically big um Uh, a big star, um, very, like, salt of the earth, straight mm-hmm. and narrow, you know. I mean, Oscar the grouch, of course, was a grouch, you know. And Bert and Ernie both had their, both their, you know, um, foibles, personal idiosyncrasies. But Big Bird, I mean, never told a lie, you know, uh, would never steal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, do you have any, do you have any Big Bird memories? My big, big, my big, Big Bird memory is of some sort of Sesame Street um, made-for-TV movie where he was, like, in some sort of museum with, like, an ancient Egyptian um, uh, exhibit or something. Okay. And they were talking about um, the ancient Egyptians' uh, theories about the afterlife and how when a person died, their heart would be weighed against a feather to try to determine whether or not they lived a pure and virtuous life. I
0: vaguely remember this, I think.
1: And it's like, I, I think this is an inaccurate memory. I'm i am hoping this wasn't, like, something inspired by too much dime-a-tap. Um But, like, as a kid, I was, like, I was so confused because I was like, wait a second. Is Big Bird dead and is, he, is his soul being judged for eternal damnation by an ancient Egyptian deity? You know? <laughs> it was, like, it was so trippy. But it was, like, that really stuck in my mind, you know, as a big
0: Big Bird moment, you know? Big Bird, Um, if anybody asks if you're a god, you say yes. (laughs) Right.
1: I think he might have had a cameo in one of the Muppet movies, too.
2: Oh, Um, I
0: wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did, because the the original Muppet movie is one of my favorites. Man. Carol, I salute you. Yeah, for sure. Right. Well, shall we get down to it? (laughs) Let's do it. Let's jam. Let's jam, indeed.
2: This time on If
0: Memory Serves. So, this time on if memory serves, we are looking at our favorite music of nineteen eighty seven seb you picked the year what was your what was your rationale behind picking eighty seven
1: Well, I think that um these days I'm having more of a nostalgic kick for things from nineteen eighties rather than the nineteen nineties and I think the other year options we were bantering about were like maybe ninety three or ninety one or something like mm-hmm. that um also, I think I I think I think wanted it to be more of a challenge because 87, I was still pretty young at that point. I was about maybe nine years old. Yeah. So most of the music I was <clears throat> being exposed to and, and listening to uh, was music from television shows and movies rather than, you know, records or cassette tapes or things like that. Yeah. Our lists are, are very different in many ways. <laughs> but I think that's exciting because... Um, I think it's gonna be it's going I think I'm gonna be really interested to hear about a lot
0: of what you picked and, and why that was important to you in terms of
1: you know, memories and stuff like that. So. Oh yeah,
0: and I'm 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 really impressed by your list as I was capturing the uh the clips that you'll hear on this episode. Some of the stuff that Seb picked, I was like, Oh my god, I, I don't think I've heard this since it originally came out. Or <laughs> I've never heard it at all before. Um but I think it makes sense. I mean, for me, in my head, it's a countdown. So going from 10 to 1. Um, I know that yours is in no particular order, but mine is. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, that sounds great. And so for number 10, for you, you have an ellipses. What's an uh, uh Three dots and ellipses.
1: Oh, yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> basically, um, we were each supposed to choose 10 songs, and I chose 9. And can I throw in a... Um, uh, um
0: a last second thing?
1: Uh well I'd have to think of that last second thing.
0: Okay, um, then then we can just do mine and not worry about it. Let's do it. Okay.
1: Do you have a do you have an eleventh one we could do? No, I don't. Oh. oh.
0: I don't. Okay. I don't have an number eleven.
1: Alright. Actually, you know what? Let's do this. I'm gonna throw out a tenth one. Okay. Number ten, here we go. It's going to be the theme song from the TV show DuckTales.
2: solve a mystery or rewrite history DuckTales woo-hoo. Every day that I've been looking DuckTales
0: woo-hoo. Tales of Devin Good bad and good DuckTales Oh, very nice. Yes, what? DuckTales did premiere in 87. And you know what? Who doesn't like DuckTales? And I have to tell you, DuckTales for me
1: I mean, I loved it more than the Gummy Bears. Um, I probably didn't love it as much as, like, the Rescue Rangers
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, or especially Tailspin. I think Tailspin was sort of like, you know, Mount Rushmore for me or something, you know. Um, but the DuckTales, I think, has a really special part place in my heart because in 1990, they had a cinematic movie release of the DuckTales. Mm-hmm. And it actually played at the... Town Theater, which I think we've talked about in previous episodes. The Town Theater is a vintage movie theater about a block from our childhood home, which for the most part of the 1980s of our childhood was actually an adult movie theater Mm -hmm. and very seedy and run down. And by 1990, it had been lovingly restored into an art house movie theater. Um, And they, you know, they preserved all the Art Deco interior. They had a Wurlitzer organ for silent movie um, showings. And uh, 1990, they showed the DuckTales movie, and it was the very first film I ever saw by myself. And I know oh, some really? people don't go to the movies by themselves, but I felt so grown up and adult that mom and dad felt I was old enough to walk down the street to a movie theater and see a movie by myself. Um, and it meant a lot to me. That theater, that was a great theater. I had my very first date in that theater. I saw um, a silent uh, version, of the, the silent film Nosferatu with Worlitzer Organ um played by Bob Vaughn who actually was a suspect as in the Zodiac murders. Mm-hmm. Um and it was just it's such a great theater. I mean it is still a great theater. These days they only show um Bollywood films, but yeah. I think I think that's pretty cool too cuz Bollywood rocks actually. <laughs> um so there we go. That's my number 10. Nice. Uh, uh what is your n- number 10?
0: My number 10 um is um Bullet the Blue Sky. Uh, by you two from the Joshua Tree album.
2: See the
0: Um, yeah, it's, you know, today I don't really have that high an opinion of you two. I think they've gotten a little, I don't know, too big for their own britches, as it were. They've got their sense of self-importance is, um, uh, more up there than it, uh, than it should be. Okay. Um. But at this time, you know, the, um, the Joshua Tree album, Rattle and Hum, I mean, this is kind of classic, um, peak U2 in a lot of ways. Um, and interestingly enough for me, I mean, a lot of the music, um, from 87 is actually stuff that I discovered after 87. <laughs> um, okay. it's not necessarily, I mean, we were exposed to a lot of stuff. You know, at that period in time, that our folks were listening to Jan and Dean and the Beach Boys and uh, stuff like that, and and um, you know, I'd I'd catch some stuff like on the radio. I listened to KYUU Don Blue in the morning um, back at that period of time, like on our big you know tuner Mm -hmm. in the living room, Um, and so I I I was exposed to some stuff that was current and everything, but there was definitely a lot of stuff that is discovered afterward. Um, and there's a lot of great stuff on Joshua tree. Um, but bullet blue sky for me, at least is, um, one of those songs that's a little, um, lesser known and it's, it's, it's got more of a droning guitar feel to it. Um, so that's, that's the reason, uh, I enjoy that one. I like going back to some of that earlier U two. Um, mm-hmm but you get much past like their Ropa album or maybe even pop and I'm like mm, yeah no I'm I'm I want to listen to other stuff So for you for
1: the song Bullet the Blue Sky are you appreciating it more based on the aesthetics as opposed to it being associated with a particular um memory or maybe tv show you heard it in or oh yeah commercial no for it, Pizza it's, Bites it's or... no
0: it, it's pretty much everything on my list is is all stuff that i would just listen to as music it, i don't have it associated with a tv show or a movie or a, like an ex-girlfriend or, or an ex-girlfriend or... or anything yeah i did definitely anything. didn't have any of those in 87 so okay okay uh yeah.
1: In, in, in 87, were you, um, buying cassette tapes at like the warehouse yet yes. or anything like that? You
0: were. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I, I had cassettes at that point. Um, um and, uh, there's, there's at least, no, nope, I take that back. There's at least, uh, four out of this list of 10 on mine that I know I had the cassette for. And even some of them I've oh, cool. gone back and repurchased the cassette Oh, excellent. Um, and I have it today.
2: Okay.
0: Um, so yeah, that's, that's all my connection to it is just music that I've, you know, heard on the radio or been exposed to by a friend or something, um, okay. that I just identify with some of the stuff. Yeah. I'm going to have, um, you know, an experiential memory with it, but it's just like, okay, here's a song that came out in this year. And I really like this song. Gotcha. And so I threw, I mean, I could have picked anything off Joshua tree, but, but both the blue sky was just one of those that, that kind of um didn't have quite the commercial success of some of the other songs but for me it was just like i really dig this song
1: oh that's excellent okay yeah
0: now i like your number nine this 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 was a great movie and i love this song so let's talk about this one and my number nine pick is nothing's
1: gonna stop us now by starship from the movie mannequin released in february 1987 Ladies and gentlemen, this is, yeah, this is, I mean, first of all, it's a song that, you know, I'll still hear on like the radio sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I wouldn't have ever heard this song as a child if not for the film mannequin, which correct me if I'm wrong, we both kind of really dug as little kids. Oh, for sure. Um, and mannequin, of course, you know, uh, Kim Cattrall plays a, uh, a department store mannequin that magically comes to life and, uh, uh, you know, antics ensue, um, as they do. As they do, I think uh, Steve Gutenberg is it the Goots? Is it Steve Gutenberg in that movie?
0: Um, I think he's the. He's not the, lead. the male lead. He's not the male lead. No, it's I. I think it's Andrew Shue, if I'm not mistaken. Oh,
1: okay. Um, and of course the um uh the like um store art director Hollywood that yes. guy yes the really flaming guy that yes. guy of course amazing also on uh, uh, designing women yes and mannequin you know the thing about mannequin is it's like first of all you know as a little kid you know i also loved the tv show the children's
0: show today's special oh which you sort of went like,
1: there yes it's like it was like a canadian it was before mannequin it um, was, it was a canadian so, man, mannequin is show. the gritty
0: reboot the, the gritty movie reboot of today's special
1: because today's special is about a woman who works in a department store at night and there's a mannequin of a, a male a man mannequin um that comes to life and of course antics Sue. But of course in that show, there's like um, Muppet type characters and things like that. Yes. So as, as a kid, I was always kind of confused. It was like, okay, is this movie somehow connected with today's special? Is it a ripoff? Is it a sequel? Um, but now looking back at it, it's actually kind of, uh, I don't know if it's a little disturbing, but have you noticed that in the eighties, there were lots of movies or TV shows where women were like, literally objects like here you have Kim Cattrall who's yeah. like a mannequin I mean if you look at like the tv show Small Wonder there was like yes. that old girl Vicky that was a robot mm-hmm. like a robot or something like yep. that I mean there's something a little I mean come on I mean it's a little twisted right I mean it, it I'm is not little... saying I didn't dig
2: it but you know <laughs> no I, mean, I, 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 know.
0: I know I definitely dug it I mean Kim Cattrall at that point in history yes okay I'm all for it yeah, um, but as at that age, I don't think we were having that reaction. You know, we weren't going, "Oh, this is this is completely a uh, a, uh, a commentary on on how people objectify women." You know? Oh yeah, no, I it's was only totally something we see that as that adults.
1: As, it's, oh yeah, totally. But I mean, now we do see it, and it's yeah. like I don't know, like. It's like I don't even know if it's politically correct to watch like Small Wonder or Mannequin anymore. I mean, I hope
0: it is because I love to watch that. that Honestly, I I think I think it's fine. I don't think you're hurting anybody um, by reliving that. I I think so long as you can sit there and go, hey, I recognize this. Um, And I know that I wouldn't objectify women uh, in 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 my personal relations. um, But here's this movie from 30 some odd years ago. Right. That I enjoyed and I'm reliving that. I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And of course the band Starship, that's I think Jefferson
1: Starship, which was Jefferson Airplane Correct. or something. Yes. Okay. They eventually
0: right. got an upgrade or they got sponsored by NASA. I forget what.
1: Something like that. Yeah. yeah Jefferson Time Machine. Jefferson <laughs> What's Next? What comes after Starships, you know?
0: It's um like Jefferson Sail barge, Hovercraft. Random. Jefferson Portal to another dimension? I don't know.
1: Right. What Jefferson Sidecar? After?
0: Yes, Jefferson Sidecar. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Captain
1: of the USS... Captain of the USS Jefferson.
0: That's right. A starship sent out on the
1: last mission across the galaxy.
0: Bum, okay, so you, wait. Let's do your number nine. Oh, wait, no, that hey, that wait, comes wait. later. That comes later.
2: Okay. Um, All right.
0: My number nine... All right. All right. Um, i the pet shop boys um and i really like one of my favorite songs of theirs is obviously west end girls um but that didn't come out in 87 so i went with it's a sin from the album actually
2: and so they It's
0: done, it's done, it's done. It's a um and it, the pet shop boys i mean again this is we've got this kind of um they weren't so much new wave they, they were kind of bridging um this space between um pop and almost kind of um Oh, more like orchestral. I don't really want to say operatic. That's not really where I'm going with that. Um, but there okay. was this kind of element of, um, uh, uh, drama and production and stuff to, uh, some of their tracks and certainly the music videos, um, the music video for it's a sin. Um, it's all, you know, kind of over the top visuals and stuff. Um, did you Do you remember seeing that music
1: video like on MTV when we were kids? Oh, or? sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. We, I mean, <laughs> folks, we grew up in an age when MTV showed music videos. That was When a did thing. we get our
1: MTV? When, yeah, I know, right?
0: When yeah. did we get our MTV? That is a really interesting story because I have a memory. Now, is that an actual correct memory or is it a fabricated memory that I've put together from other things? I don't know. <laughs> But MTV premiered, I believe it was August first, nineteen eighty 1981, 1980. No, okay. I want to say eighty one, no. and I am not gonna okay. make a bunch of noise with my keyboard here trying to double check that. Um, I have a recollection of um Grandma and Grandpa Nelson babysitting us. Okay, and it was it was evening, and we had the TV on. And here was this channel I'd never seen before. Um, and it was MTV. Okay. Now, for whatever reason, my recollection says that that was the debut of MTV. Oh, wow. Um, with um, Video Kill the Radio Star by The Buggles. Mm-hmm. Which I'm thrilled to say that my kids actually love that song. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now got to admit that in 1981 that summer i would have been four almost five Mm. so the odds of that being an accurate memory are honestly kind of low
1: that's kind of early yeah that is
0: kind of early but i mean i think as early as we had cable in our house we had mtv Mm -hmm. okay okay um and and, and yes, they showed music videos, and and it was awesome, and it was enjoyable.
1: It wasn't all just reality television shows.
0: It wasn't just all reality television shows, and God knows what other garbage they have on there today. Yeah, like I don't even I don't even attempt to look. And sadly, not even VH1 is any good anymore. Yeah, they at least had pop up video for a while, and that was awesome. Or I yeah. love the '80s. Oh, that that's totally, that was the yeah. best. That's that and stuff. I love the '90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lassai. Lassai, <laughs> indeed. All right, number eight. Seb, what you got? Here we are with my choice, number eight.
1: <laughs> the 1987, 1987 Jams, the song You Can Be a Garbage Pale Kid from the film The Garbage Pale Kids Movie, released August
0: 1987. Okay, check this out. This is crazy.
2: If your teacher says
1: I don't know about you Taylor, but I vaguely have recollections of this film. I'm not even sure if I actually ever even saw it as a child, but I have mucho memories from childhood of the actual garbage pail kid stickers and trading cards and stuff yes, and like
0: that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we and had those I, a
1: lot. I'm hoping you have some memories of those too, and I'd I love definitely to know do. what what are some of the first memories that pop to mind about Garbage pill Kid
0: cards Oh for my you? gosh, about the cards themselves. I want to say it was second or third grade. My gut says third grade. Um, and I, I remember them being all the rage. I remember, you know, if you didn't have a stack of them, you know, held together with a rubber band... Mm. um then you Mm. had invested Mm. the the money to get a binder and the little card Mm. uh pages Mm. um and there was i mean it was if you could sneak it in class you know you'd Mm -hmm. be trading garbage pail kids with uh the other kids in the class or you'd be doing it out at recess Mm -hmm. um you know yeah i mean i remember doing that a lot Mm -hmm. i remember thinking that you know they were they were gross and they you know kind of put me off a little bit but not so Mm -hmm. much that i i didn't want them Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. you know
0: um at least when it comes to the movie i i feel like i remember seeing the trailer i don't know that we ever saw the movie itself okay all right um i don't know that it's ever something i would want to subject myself to at this point either (laughs) but apparently it's pretty terrifying Um... yeah i can imagine I definitely remember... You
1: know what I remember? I remember mm-hmm. there being some Garbage Pail Kid cards that were comically large that were stickers, and uh, I think we had one stuck on the one of our bedroom closet doors. Yes. Um, we might even have an old childhood photo of that.
0: There um, might be somewhere.
1: And I, I remember as a kid being conscious of the fact that the, tr- the sets of the cards came in different series. Mm-hmm. So like series one, series two... Um, and I definitely remember there being, you know, cachet on the blacktop. You know, what series we, you know, someone had a c- collection of or something like right. that. right. Yeah. Um. But geez, what you know? Uh. I mean, I remember. Um, I remember the one that was like a. There was a girl skeleton holding up a pair. Like her pants were falling off, maybe because she was so thin.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um.
1: There, I think she had pigtails. I remember the guy with all the zits. That guy was. Mm-hmm. The guy was pretty, pretty hardcore. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: there's always, I mean, the classic atom bomb.
1: Atom bomb. Yeah. The big one. With the
0: head exploding.
1: Head exploding. There was yeah. one that was like a little, like a little uh, Dracula guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, geez. But, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting because it's, it's the same effect. My name, Sebastian, being so relatively uncommon, you know, you'd never find the little novelty, um, small sized license plates. Yeah. You know, with children's names emblazoned on them. And right. I, I'm pretty sure there was never a Sebastian Garbage Pail Kid character, which actually is kind of cool because I think as, as, as children, I remember people would be teased if their name
0: was the same name as a popular Garbage Pail Kid character. Oh, I'm um, not sure that kind of stuff happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, strangely enough, I have a more recent Garbage Pail Kid memory. Oh, um when we came up to visit you in Sacramento to go to the uh what was it? The grilled cheese festival. Oh, the gr- the grilled cheese festival. This is yes. right. Yeah. Um and you you presented uh I think me, Amber and Kobe each with a vintage pack of oh, yeah. Garbage <laughs> Pail Kids and then I was like, well, I don't care if this gums 30 years old, let's try it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, totally. Not so great.
1: Yeah.
0: It it doesn't hold up.
1: No, no. Uh,
0: Still have those tucked away somewhere.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So what's your uh, what's your choice number eight?
0: Uh, my choice number eight, um, actually, this band uh, was one of my all-time favorite bands uh, while I was growing up in the 90s. I even actually had the um, pleasure of seeing them live uh, at the Edge Night Club in Palo Alto in 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Australian band Midnight Oil. Uh, with the song Beds Are Burning from the Diesel and Dust album that came out that uh that August in eighty seven.
1: You know that's probably one of the only bands that I can remember you actually being into and and like going to see in person from our childhood,
0: yeah, you remember that
1: yeah, I think they I don't know if they had a- you had a sticker or a logo it might have been yellow and black mhm that would that um, would be right and uh you know what's crazy about this song when I listened to it on youtube hmm. it actually samples some of the sound effects from um one of my favorite films, really. Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, spaghetti westerns, Okay, and especially the work of Sergio Leone. Of course, he's probably most well-known for um, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yes. But he did a film called Once Upon a Time in the West mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Um, Henry Fonda.
0: Oh, jeez. Henry, Henry what the Fonda. what?
1: Yeah, Henry Fonda. Um, okay. And there's a in the very beginning of that film, there is a sound effect of a windmill squeaking. Oh, and it's it's the exact same um, audio track that's at the very beginning of the music video for "Beds Are Burning."
0: Oh, um, very is, interesting. I didn't yeah, know that.
1: It really, you know, it's it's a. I hear that sound any context, and my ears will perk up, and I'll know. Wait, that's uh, that's Sergio
0: Leone right there. You know, very interesting. Yeah, and I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, I know the music video's got that sound at the beginning, but I, I, I'm like, okay, it's a windmill, it's a windmill <laughs> squeaking, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you know, figured they just recorded that out on the uh, uh, out on the outback somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I was huge in the Midnight Oil. I was huge in the Crowded House uh, at that time because in 1993 I got to visit both New Zealand and Australia and and really became enamored with kind of anything from that part of the world. Um, and at one point, literally owned every album uh, that Midnight Oil had released. In fact, I don't even remember how I lucked into a copy of the actual concert I went to, but I still actually have that on cassette. Is, um, you mean you like taped it? No, I didn't tape it. Somebody else did. Oh. And somewhere in like the early days of the internet, you know, when, I don't know, people would just put up a website and it's like, hey, you know, we'll we'll do tape trading of concerts and stuff Mm -hmm. from other people who've made live recordings. Um, I came across you know that particular concert on that particular day at that particular place and i was like oh my god i need to get a copy of this
1: oh do you still have that tape? i do still have it <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah do you is midnight Oil still uh together as a band do they still tour
2: or um no much? actually
0: they um they broke up for a while their lead singer peter garrett and his unusual dancing moves uh went into politics Uh, Went into the Australian Uh, Parliament. Yeah, he was uh, part of the Green Party uh, down there. Um, I believe they have actually reformed uh, at least for a tour uh, within the past year or two. I don't know if they are still uh, together and working on anything new.
1: I still think we should eventually do an episode about Australia.
0: We could do that.
1: like, cause I know there's, I've never been there, but I, there's so many TV shows and movies inspired by the land down under from my oh, childhood that I remember fondly. Sure.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that whole Australasian part of the planet. I think there's some interesting stuff that we probably both remember from down there. Yeah, totally. <sighs> All right. Your number seven. When I, when I heard it, man, did it take me back. <laughs>
1: Did so it with take my me back with my pick number seven we have the theme song from Square one television on PBS premiered in January 1987 now let's take a listen to that
0: Square oh, that's One. good stuff! I loved that show,
1: Square One. For those who you might not remember, was an educational television show um, primarily geared towards teaching math. I think math concepts, mm-hmm. um, and there were musical skits and live action stuff and cartoons. But to be honest with you, um, it all boils down to a little thing I like to call Mathnet. Oh, math, and math, man. Mathnet. MathNet was a uh, segment that would be at the end of the episodes, and it was a um, send-up of the 1960s, 50s TV show Dragnet. The I think, I think Dragnet procedural, was 60s. Yeah, set in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, and MathNet, of course, the the detectives um, solved things using math. They even had gun holsters that carried calculators instead of That's uh, right. firearms. <laughs> and, and I was, you know, Playing around on the internet, looking in, looking about, looking, trying to refresh my memory about MathNet. Um, I don't know if you remember the actor that played the chief of police in the uh, uh, police department, James Earl Jones, of all people. Oh God,
0: was it really?
1: I know distinguished, you know, major actor James Earl Jones, voice you know. of
0: Darth Vader and CNN.
1: Yeah, slumming it on MathNet. And wow. which is like you know, props to James Earl Jones. Who knows if he just needed a paycheck or if he was really excited about teaching kids about math concepts, but you know, that's pretty cool.
0: That is pretty cool. How
1: did I yeah. wow. Wow. Okay. But the list of there's a there's a Wikipedia page of guest stars on Mathnet, and it's like it's like everybody from Al Lewis to Weird Al Yankovic and it's just amazing. The That's list awesome. of talent. Yeah. It was just anyway, but do you have, you have fond memories of square one television? I, I assume as well. Well, um, I
0: do. And, 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 you know, they're much the same, um, as you now square one. Did that also have Mathman? man? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I know we had talked about him on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Mathman. man, mm-hmm. Mathman. Math man, Um, but I couldn't remember if it was Square One or something else that we watched at oh, that maybe. age. Um, and and strangely, both of those remind me of a computer game that I remember playing in elementary school called Number Munchers. Yeah, we. I think we talked briefly about that in the video game mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number, Number Munch- munchers yeah. was fun.
1: Yeah, the like the little troglodytes and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I wonder, I got to look around. Maybe somebody's ported that to like a little web interface and you can just play number munchers on, on a website somewhere. <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so what's uh What's your number seven pick? Uh, my number seven pick is an absolute guilty pleasure of a song. It, it is, you know, for as much as there actually was a good deal of like, uh, rap and hip hop that I like from this era. Finding something that was released in 87 that also met that criteria was a little tough. Mm. Um, but my number seven is a, a delightful little collaboration between the Beach Boys and the Fat Boys. <laughs> it's Wipeout <laughs> from the album Crushing. now this oh my god just just watching the video for this to get the audio um oh man i mean i don't know if the beach boys just really needed a paycheck at this point but to to see them in this music video you know trying to be all like tough and deaf and you know here's the fat boys <laughs> i mean it, the video opens and it's got like uh um Hector Macho Camacho and um oh my god I'm forgetting the name of the other boxer and they're like they're ba- one guy's backed by the Beach Boys and the other one's backed by the Fat Boys and then they don't show up for the rest of the video and it's them driving through like New York trying to get to the beach and uh, it's just it's it's so weird it's it's two things you wouldn't expect to go together unlike peanut butter and chocolate um but it's really kind of hilarious
1: now i gotta ask you honestly if you could have been a fly on the wall of the meeting of the music executives who came up with this idea of this you know musical mashup how much cocaine do you think would have been on the table at that meeting (laughs) i'm thinking at least one kilo maybe more but yeah
0: you may you may well be right and the funny thing is is that the beach boys didn't originally do wipeout oh
1: um was it the dick dale
0: it um yes okay um call the lawyers i know let the lawsuits ensue so here's obviously maybe dick dale was like i'm not gonna deal with (laughs) i can't work with the fat boys yeah give it to the beach boys (laughs) <laughs> no my i'm agent. sorry I'm pass. wait 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 it was not dick dale it was the surfaris oh.
1: the safaris the of safaris course. yes I'm, I'm sorry oh i mean my Dick Dale very famous. dale family
0: yeah very famous surf guitarist um but no i had to double check that because it didn't seem quite right it was the surfaris um oh. maybe they just weren't around but the beach boys were they were they were getting ready to drop kokomo the next year or something <laughs> um but yeah that 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 song is a guilty pleasure, um, and the music video is just really kind of silly. That's awesome, man! Yeah. Great choice, love it. Number six. There's and my now, radio voice.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty good radio voice. Thank you. And now for my number six pick of the hottest jams of 1987.
0: Number it is number the, number number six. Pew,
1: pew, pew, pew. It is the theme song to star trek the next generation premiered in september 1987 on cbs let's take a quick listen
0: that just amazing doesn't that just rile you up it does it really i mean star trek was on my radar as a kid i mean i i'd seen Wrathcon, khan i'd seen the the, the first film the scene search for spock you know I'd, I'd seen all the star trek films up to that point but if somebody were to say you know dude what's what's your star trek right it's got to right. be next generation because that was on the right through those formative years i mean it was just after my 11th birthday mm-hmm. and it went until what 94 i think 95 yeah. maybe mm-hmm. um so all the while growing up through those formative preteen and early teen years i'm watching star trek and i'm loving it you know
1: i i think my Earliest datable next generation memory is of us going to the science fiction convention, Time Con yes. in San Jose, yes. or maybe Santa Clara. I'm not sure, um, but it was. I was seeing um, Jonathan Frakes sign autographs, mm-hmm. and I was. It stopped me dead in my tracks because I was looking at him, and he had a beard, and I thought to myself, "What's he doing?" It's like, oh, it must be off season, and he's just he's just being lazy, and he's he's. <laughs> grown a beard but of course he'll shave it off because and i think i can date it that way because he only was beardless for like the first season so That's i know correct, i was definitely yeah. watching it the first season i guess yeah. by extrapolation um but hey you know next generation i'm still waiting for that wonderful time in the future where we
0: all get to wear one piece jumpsuits um, uh, and i've looked at my belly i'm not looking forward to that i wonder how they go to the restroom and wearing those things you know uh, yeah because they don't have butt flaps do they there's
1: no i don't yeah i don't think that it's not like a union suit with the big two big buttons in the back
0: you know well, you but, know how uh, they've got the the replicators that that create food right i mean maybe there's just an unseen like uh teleporter thing that just teleports the poop out of you and you don't need to get out of your your onesie <laughs> are you telling me they're teleporting feces right directly out of my colon
1: i don't about know about like yours i mean you're not on or no i mean you know but you know tasha yar or whatever i don't yeah. know you know what i had never understood about that you know you always have an episode where like the borg were like they're 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 get, they're coming closer they're gonna get us or you know some other you know bad guys mm-hmm. you know Kardashians, you know kardashians whatever like <laughs> just as i know. mean why don't they just like couldn't they couldn't they just like the enemy ship, couldn't they just take everybody who's on the enemy ship and like beam them off their ship and just into deep space where they all just instantly die. And it's like, they won the battle.
0: Dang. Like,
1: I don't know. I just think like, you know, I mean, not to say, I think Star Trek should be all like militaristic and people dying left and right, you know?
0: Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to push my glasses up here for a second and say, well, that if the other ships, shields are up, you can't get a teleporter lock through that.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe that's, um, maybe that's what's going
0: on. You know, if the shields were down and you had, had enough teleporters? Yeah. Because, you know, each one can only handle so many people at a time.
1: Yeah. What um what color like branch of service would you be? Would you oh. be like red people that like drive this spaceship or would you be like yellow people that are down like fixing things the and or like, like the blue people that are like scanning you with a tricorder?
0: That's all they do. There's walking around the ship scanning everybody. <laughs> well, you know, they've
1: got they're busy people, you know. I mean
0: Oh my gosh. Um I don't well, know. I, I, I Or I guess
1: yellow would also be security, right?
0: Security. Uh, yellow like security. was also security. Yes. That's correct. Right. Yeah. That's correct. Security and fixing uh, stuff. Security and fixing stuff. Fixing your security problems. Um I don't know. I I'm inclined to say engineering
2: engineering oh, yeah okay. what about you um
0: <sighs> crap that's a great question
1: probably no you know i'll be the blue because i had like um a total crush on the on uh, beverly crusher well rightly so because
0: she's beverly crusher
1: um 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 you know it's weird because it's like i love star wars
0: mm-hmm.
1: but like for me star wars star wars was like the person in high school that you had the mad crush on that was like way above your like, like you would never have a chance of dating that person. And then, yeah. like, Star Trek is, like, the person you'd actually marry. That is an
0: interesting way of looking at it. Oh, my God.
1: Lie. Anyway, um, I really loved, there was one episode where there were these aliens called Paclids. And Paclids were these aliens with that had uh, unibrow eyebrows. And they okay. were all, like, developmentally disabled. And they kidnapped Jordi LaForge because, like, they <gasps> yes, wanted yes, yes, to yes. fix their spaceship. But they didn't know mm-hmm. how to make it go. Mm-hmm. I love those guys. Like, yes. I don't do cosplay, but, like... And they're all kind of pudgy, too, so I could probably pull it off, you know?
0: That's what we got to do, us pudgy people. We got to look for cosplays we got to pull off. It's
1: like, I just... It's like, why couldn't they have, like, a spinoff series just about packlets?
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I would totally watch that. Anyway, you I'm sorry.
0: I could, might be I do the want only this, one.
1: I don't want this to become a Next Generation episode. We should move on. I want to know about your next pick.
0: Let's hear my, about your next pick. My next pick. My number six. My number six. Come on on the countdown. Direct from England, it's Depeche Mode with Never Let Me Down Again from their Music for the Masses album.
1: Holy crap, that was great.
0: Thank you. I, I've been told I have a face for radio. I mean, I have voice for radio. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Yeah. Um, Depeche Mode, I mean, it's another one of those uh, bands that I kind of discovered a little bit more into the 90s when I was um, more of a teenager. And I was listening to Live 105 at that point, back when that was a good station. Um, I don't listen to any terrestrial radio, I'll be honest. Mm. Um. um so at that point you know i kind of discovered one of their newer albums kind of went back through their catalog okay
2: um
0: but this much like the pet shop boys it's that same um kind of vibe it's 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 uh, a little industrial a little melodramatic um um the voices you know they drone a little bit um kind of in that in that almost morrissey vein of um Uh, singing style. I'm obviously, it's not a, you know, perky spoken word Fred Schneider, the B 52s kind of thing. Um, very Mm. much the other end of the spectrum from that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, but you know, Depeche Mode is always one of those ones where there's always something, um, um, that kind of inspired an appreciation of their stuff. I mean, I never saw them live or anything. Um, but I've got, You know, uh, kind of a connection between them and um, the X-Files. Because back in our Bay Area X-Files encounter group days, go back, Sveg. um, Mm. um, Somebody had put together. you know, like a like a homemade music video oh. using X Files clips to um, Policy of yeah. Truth. Um I think somebody also did one to Personal Jesus. Oh. Yeah. Um So that was some of that early exposure to Depeche Mode uh, that, that I had at the time. Yeah, yeah, um, I remember. And that then stuff. just kind of working my way back through their older stuff and, and discovering that. So yeah, Music for the Masses came out in September of '87. Actually, came out the exact same day that Next Generation premiered.
1: Oh, think about it. What are, the, what are the odds? What are the both odds are, that we both uh, picked
0: him as number six?
1: Holy gee, wizard. Time to go buy a of ticket. Hey, you, oh, speaking of which, did you win the $1.6 billion Mega Millions? You,
0: you know how much I won out of that $1.6 billion uh, uh, jackpot? Four bucks. Wait, what? You actually won? Four bucks.
1: How many numbers did you have right?
0: Uh, one. I had the Mega.
1: <laughs> Congratulations, Twice. man. That's awesome.
0: So we invested something like, you know, 150 bucks worth of. Ladder tickets and we got four bucks back on it
1: what would you have purchased if you won 1.6 billion dollars
0: <throat>
1: i don't know
0: would you have purchased the band depeche mode i would not have purchased the band depeche mode
1: are they still alive could you at least yes. hire them give them a million dollars and they totally can play could. in the backyard
0: um yes i probably would have want to do some work to the backyard first
1: i'd purchase oak island heck yeah dude dig it up just dig the whole island up just see what's there Let's I, get this over with.
0: Yeah, but you would have to deal with the Canadian government.
1: I would buy the Canadian government.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, sorry, Canada, but I'm buying your government, eh?
1: I would rent Brian Mulrooney or some other prime minister.
0: Uh, anyway. Oh. Okay. Brian Mulroney. How how obscure a reference is that?
1: Well, he's in he's in that music video for
0: uh uh um uh Robin Sparkle. Let's go to the uh, mall. Oh, we'll 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 get to Robin Sparkle. Okay, alright, sorry. Alright, alright. Okay. Hitting the halfway point, what's your number five? And now for
1: my number five pick, it is Jamaica Ska by Annette Funicello and Fishbone from the film Back to the Beach, released in August of nineteen eighty seven. And it sounds a little something like this.
2: Uh-huh. uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: Now, I know I know we've talked about this film at length in our previous episode about surf culture, but yep. I'll be honest. I listened to that episode again recently, and even though we did have audio from the film or at least a com- trailer from the film, I don't think we had any audio from this particular song, which I think I'd have to rate as probably the most iconic song or music performance from the film. Probably. Um, and there's something about... Um, I mean, fishbone is just hilarious anyway. As a little kid, just to watch them kind of like you know dance around. Yes, because um, it always kind of looks like they have ants in their pants a little bit.
0: <laughs> That's for sure.
1: Um, and I just uh, this is also a great occasion. I know that you're probably one of the busier people I know, but have you yet had a chance, by any chance, to watch rewatch that film? No, um, since,
2: I
0: 1987? Okay. since 1987. Well, since 1987. Yeah. When's the last time you watched it? Um, you haven't seen
1: it since we recorded it. I I
0: have not seen it this century.
1: Okay, that's fair. Fair answer. Fair answer.
0: Um, is, is there I anything? Need to. I, is
1: there anything as a brother that I could do to facilitate that? Could I come over
0: and babysit for you? Or <laughs> no, because I, I, I probably watch it here.
1: Oh,
2: I see. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, I, it's just it's just a matter of getting off my duff and 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 watching it. There's so many things that I've got on a list that i'm either currently watching or want to watch i mean dr who's back and so it's i'm literally doing a podcast a week right now oh that's Um, right yeah so it's it's and i'm and i've been exhausted lately there are days where i'm like i don't want to watch anything
1: i hear you i hear
0: um but there's a lot of stuff that i do want to watch so yes it is on the list i will get there and i i am still still uh uh watching an original movie poster for it on uh ebay are you really yeah. What What do you want for Christmas? What
1: wait? Oh, what do I want for Christmas? <laughs> wow. How uh, How
0: would this look in your in your in your apartment?
1: Sometimes I go to the website for the Prop Store of London. Which oh yeah. They you know the Prop Store. Yeah. Right? And there's so many great things for sale on that website. But do there's they have so many
0: from Back to the Beach.
1: They don't. But it's That's like sad. there's so many. There's so many films that I wish were represented that are not represented mm-hmm. on that website. Um,
0: Garbage Pail Kids movie, you know.
1: Well, let's not say anything we can't take back, right? <laughs> uh, it's back to the it's Beach. a
0: podcast. Nobody listens to this.
1: I'm not sure what I wouldn't buy from Back to the Beach if it was priced under $100, probably. Under
0: $100. Hmm, okay. Um, anyway, okay, I digress. Uh, what is your uh, what is your number number five pick? So, yeah, so my number five, when I talk about this, you you might be like, wait a second, I didn't realize that this guy had an album out, and then... Um, it turns out it's one of those ones that I've repurchased on cassette because I found it. Um, it. It's George Harrison of the Beatles uh, from his Cloud Nine album. The song uh, is called When We Was Fab. Back then, long time
2: ago, when grass was green, oh,
0: And uh, it's it's very much um, it's that that whole like he's just recollecting his time with the Beatles,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you
0: know. Um, even in the music video, Ringo's in it, which I think is hilarious. Um, it's it it yeah.
1: I, I was watching that video.
0: It's it's pretty trippy. He has like multiple sets of arms. Yes, yeah, it's yes, very weird. Yeah, 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 very weird. Um, that um that album and, and, and his solo project here kind of hit my radar because I saw I can't remember if I heard it on the radio first or if I saw the music video for a song um on this album called I Got My Mind Set On You Mm. Mm -hmm. um and I just was like wow I really really like this song so I go and buy the album and there's a lot of great songs on it um but When We Was Fab is really kind of a standout um on it because it's you know, it it sounds, you know, kind of like a Beatles song. It's mm-hmm. recollecting that whole era. Um, it's just kind of reminiscing on that. It, yeah, it it definitely has a Beatles Beatles esque sound. Yeah, um, and kind of from that era where you know they're they're obviously playing a pop song, but you've got this kind of orchestral backing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And and that happens actually a lot in in um, especially British. Songs, it seems. I mean, there were all manner of bands in the 90s who were kind of using the same effect. Um, And I liked it just as much then. You know, I was actually uh,
1: going to university at at Oxford when um, somebody broke into George's Oxfordshire home and um, tried to stab him to death.
0: Oh, gosh. Was that really that was while you were over in Oxford? Holy moly.
1: Yeah, it was pretty scary stuff, you know? It's like, I mean, it's it's a it's a crazy world you know but
0: um well
2: yeah it's crazier now too. yeah well yeah yeah
0: good pick though good pick yeah thank you thank you yeah that's that was one of those when when i was out one afternoon and i was like oh hey rasputin records yeah cassettes for a buck
2: mm-hmm. oh my <laughs>
0: god george harrison i'm like okay yeah i'll totally pick that up
2: that's <laughs> worth having
0: again totally that's worth having again um now i i think now that we're kind of hitting number four and up like I'm looking at yours I'm looking at mine I know I've got strong feelings about my top 4. Okay. What's your number 4?
1: Well with my number 4 pick of the jams the hottest jams of 1987 I have Cheech Marin's Born in East LA from the film of the same name which was released in theaters in August of 1987. Oh my gosh this and, song. And uh and uh let's take it away. Wow. Listen to that. Now, you know what? Here, I, have a, I have a lot of things to say about this. First okay, of please. all, I have really strong memories of hearing this as a kid. Yes, so I know that. Too. Yeah. I don't know. if And here's the other thing. A lot of the music that I consumed as a kid, of course, it's stuff I heard on TV shows and movies. And if I heard anything that was even remotely related to just generally popular music, mm-hmm. it almost was as a parody. I almost always heard the parody stuff before I heard the real stuff, especially Weird Al. Okay. And for 1987, for, of course, we're doing songs from 1987, um, not much Weird Al stuff happened in 1987. I guess he must have been touring. So Maybe. I really wanted to include at least one parody song, you might say, just because it was such a big part of my childhood sure. music landscape. Um, and of course, obviously, this is a parody of Springsteen's Born in the USA, mm-hmm. um, but with more of a California flavor. Um, <laughs> that's and, that's and one way th- to put it. You know, you know the, it, it, I, I actually think the song and the music video came out a couple years earlier, but the, they made a film, a feature of it that premiered in 87, so I felt okay getting away with it, including it on our list. But okay. if you ever have a chance to watch the music video on YouTube, it's incredible if it for is. no other reason than that there's a random and unexplained but completely appreciated cameo with Elvira, Mistress of the Darkness, who uh, Cheech is just driving around to L.A. and she's just on a street corner and gets in the car and they start driving together. That's awesome. And Yeah, it's just, you know, <laughs> you know, such an 80s icon. It's she just she could throw her in. It's like she's like she's kind of like bacon. You can just throw it into anything and it makes it better.
0: You know, that. Might be the most interesting comparison I have ever heard. Elvira is like bacon.
1: Do you, I mean? Do you have any? I mean, really, my only Elvira memories from childhood, at least, were mm-hmm. like of cardboard standees of her selling like beer.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: like I don't. But I mean, you know, I, having grown up, I you know know more of her body of work, uh, so to speak. Um, do you body. have any Elvira memories or body of work or memories of Easton? Yeah, I know. Yeah, memories work. of this.
0: Um, um i totally body of work, memories... you know, but, you know her... yeah oh i know oh, i know um no i totally i i, I don't know I'm, I'm i'm getting up on the microphone being all like welcome to uh if memory serves after dark collar. yeah when we talk Caller, about alvaro
1: we have to get closer to our microphones we totally do and we kind of yeah. have to
0: talk like this right um no, born in East L.A. Good heavens! Let's get on track here because I am okay. clearly tired and getting a little delirious, which means that the rest of this episode is going to be lots of fun. Buckle up! Yeah, all right. Um, no, oh my God! I did just when I when I you brought this up, oh yes, okay. Oh, without a doubt, okay. Um, and, and not just because "Born in the USA" was so popular, um, but yeah, I remember, and we, and we were exposed to. Cheech and Chong when we were young. Um the movie Yellowbeard. Um, Yellowbeard, yep. Um uh Up in Smoke, you know? They get pulled over. Where's your license? Isn't it on the back, man? I mean, that's the funniest <laughs> thing in the world to me. Um, but <laughs> I'm also Dork, so I don't know what to tell you. Um but yeah, man, born in East LA, I mean that was that was huge. Um and I yeah, I don't I don't I remember seeing the film or anything um but i remember the music video really well and Mm. and just seeing it again for the first time probably since about 87 or 88 (laughs) um really brought back um just that whole vibe of like oh yeah this song Um, yeah you
1: just i just heard it everywhere it felt like
0: you know it, it certainly felt that way yeah. You know, and and maybe it's just because in some ways or at least for us, maybe our generation, you know, parody music was was kind of a new thing in some ways. I mean, Weird Al had really cornered a lot of it, but you know, outside of Weird Al, you really weren't exposed to a whole bunch of it unless you were really looking for it.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. I just I kind of feel that there's so much stuff that like I mean, I, I never saw beat it or bad music mm-hmm. videos but you know eat it or fat by weird out it's yeah. like oh yeah totally of course
0: i was of course i saw those you know and, what are you talking and, about? And, and i and i think being a parody you're like well i'll watch this music video a dozen times in a row sure yeah would would i watch beat it a dozen times in a row no
1: i mean maybe if i was not like that 14, it's a bad song but like maybe not when i was like eight or nine I yeah guess,
0: you know yeah. yeah i don't know anyway but hey
1: Thank you so much for approving of my choice number four. Oh, it's a fantastic Um, choice. Where do you go with your, uh, your fourth?
0: Uh, my, my number four was actually the very first song that I put on this list. Um, as soon as I realized that it, it came out in 87. Um, and we, we're kind of taking another moonlighting vibe here (laughs) because in 87, (laughs) Bruce Willis, for some reason, I don't actually know what the reason is. He actually put out um, a blues album called The Return of Bruno. Um, I'm assuming that he's Bruno and he's returning from something. There was never an album before this to be like the introduction of Bruno. So I don't know what he's returning from. These are all questions I asked myself at this age. I owned this album on cassette and I actually (laughs) really liked it. Wait, you actually had this as a kid? I actually had this as a kid. I'm not joking. That's awesome. I am not joking. Um, But it's his cover, Respect Yourself, that comes in at my number four. Check this out.
2: Respect Yourself.
0: That's pretty good stuff, right? It's it's definitely something. It's definitely something. Oh, I cannot, I cannot satisfy you, know, you. What is up with this? No, it's it's just it. No, I mean, I'll be
1: honest with you. I I just don't have any any memories of this song. No, I, I just don't have much to say. You know, interesting. I mean, I don't dislike it. You know, I'm glad that you like it. You know,
0: uh, it. Uh, it uh, yeah, it was just it, for some. I, it,
1: it's interesting because Bruce Willis. I, one doesn't necessarily think of me as uh, uh, a your of music albums, you know, um, which is kind of interesting because I mean, it seems like there's a lot of actors who want to become musicians or a lot of musicians that want to become actors, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: like I mean, I think I think of of the martial artist Jackie Chan. I think in like some Asian countries, he's he's better known as a as a pop singer rather than a, a, an actor or something. Well, man, like you know? David Hasselhoff in Germany. Yeah, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exact that's a, that's a such a uh, such better uh, example actually. No, I like um, the Jackie Chan one. It's it's different, it's quirky. Now respect yourself, that's of course a cover of Yes. um the classic um I don't know if it's Motown. Oh yeah. I think it's totally Motown. Motown. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Um and and yeah, I mean I I admit that as a kid at that age I was like, "What? Bruce Willis? The actor?" <laughs> um wait, no, that's from something else, isn't it? Anyway, um, what a renaissance man i know right um but yeah i mean as, as weird as it was and i and i think it's because we were exposed to moonlighting as a kid that i even knew who he was
1: oh yeah i mean that was the um, only reason i knew who it was, was
0: yeah and so i was like this is pretty good i'm like i gotta and i i admit you try to find like the album's not out there if you're on like a streaming service or something you're doing a spotify or something you you'll be able to find this song because it's included on something else okay but the return of bruno album mm -mm, really not out there i think you could probably piece it together through youtube okay um but really the the way to do it right is go find the cassette somewhere
1: do you know? Did Willis release more albums? Or? I
0: don't think so. You know, I didn't. Okay. I didn't actually think to look it up, but I okay. don't think he did.
1: Interesting, interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. Not to say he didn't do singing and other stuff, but I don't think in terms of an actual album, I don't think he's released another one. If I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So what do you have for number three? Well, for my number
1: three choice, I have the theme song to the Nintendo. Video game The Legend of Zelda released in North America in August 1987. Nice. I think of all the song choices on my list, at least Legends of Zelda is the one that within the fewest number of milliseconds, I would know exactly what that was from. Oh my God. Yeah. You,
0: me and my
1: kids. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's a classic video game. I know we've talked about it in a previous episode. Um, but it's just, it's such, it was the first video game I think I played. I mean, of course with Mario, um, you're immediately transported to a million different little worlds. Mm -hmm. But I think Zelda was probably the first video game I played where all the different worlds that you could explore, you could return to, you know what I mean? Yeah, you had a a
0: map that you could wander around. It wasn't just a side-scroller. Precisely. Mm -hmm. And I think
1: for me that kind of opened up a whole world that I was just fascinated with.
0: Um, Oh, for sure, for sure. I I mean, I've I've still got Zelda for the mm NES, you know? Mm -hmm um and the times that i've gone in to kind of revisit it i'm i'm blown away by by how challenging it really is mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. a very challenging game for that day and age and it was a lot of fun um the music the sound effects the animated series
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah the whole the whole franchise yeah it's just uh just perfection not much else to say really oh it is i just had to throw that in there no it's perfect it's absolutely perfect and it is and it is so classic i mean it is literally it's stuck in my head right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and it's so easily singable Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i actually tried tried plucking it out one time on uh echo's got a ukulele that sadly is no longer in tune but when it was I actually was just kind of just listening to the notes as I was plucking away at it. I'm like, oh, I think I could pull this off. Oh, you know, that just brought a huge childhood memory back. Do you remember
1: how mom and dad had, we didn't have many musical instruments in the family. I mean, there was a guitar and a banjo and a piano, but mom and and dad had uh, a a gourd. Oh, an accordion,
0: of course. They had some
1: sort of weird gourd with like a little Oh, yeah, the
0: the little African piano. Yes. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do my still have that? I think so. That was the only musical instrument that I
1: could play. I mean, I could play the piano in the sense that I could hit the key with my hand; it would make a noise. Yeah. But that little plinkadink thing, like that, was just I could
0: I could rock out on that. I do could. You, do you remember the auto harp?
1: Yeah, the auto harp was like a sit-down thing that you'd strum with your fingers.
0: Yeah,
1: it was like a dulcimer without hammers.
0: Uh, kind of. Yeah. A s- strummable
1: dulcimaic thing so when i say my parent my family didn't have a lot of musical instruments around the house i'm actually lying because we had myriad we had the casio keyboard yes we had the little plink-a-dink we had the auto harp guitar banjo piano
0: accordion um accordion (laughs) (laughs) because because it's an accordion (laughs) because you're forsaking our father's favorite thing (laughs) or dad i know can
1: we wait can i say something really quick can we can we dedicate this episode to our father?
0: Yes. Okay. I Absolutely. love you. Dad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I always he's... feel like
1: we talk about mom so much on the episodes, but you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. He's he's got some health health issues he's working on right now, and um, you know I think that's a perfectly perfectly reasonable thing to do is to dedicate this episode to him.
1: Well, next time I'm in a, in San Jose, I'm going to try to see if I can find that little African gourd and plink out the uh, Legend of Zelda theme song Heck on it. See what happens. Yeah.
0: Do it. <laughs> do it do it so what's your what's your number three pick all right my number three pick um this man i mean if you don't recognize uh this tune i'm i'm just gonna be surprised um it's suzanne vega's uh super famous song tom's diner from -hmm. the solitude standing album which whether you know the original or the remixed version which has got a little bit more of a hip-hop beat to it um this is I mean, how do you not know this tune? Always
2: nice to see you, says the man behind the counter. To the woman who has come in, she is shaking her umbrella. And I look the other way as they are kissing their hellos, and I'm pretending not to see them, and instead I pour the milk. With it.
0: That's definitely bringing back some memories. I mean it, it it's it's infectious. It's infectious the way that the Legend of Zelda theme is infectious. It just gets in your head and sticks it, there. Oh yeah,
1: it's 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 completely earworm, you know. Oh, Not very bad much so.
0: Yeah, no. No, no, no. No, it's a great it's a great song. And Suzanne Vega's one of those artists that I was introduced to from a later album, um one called 99.9 Fahrenheit degrees. Um, which is a fantastic album. I revisited it recently and I was like, oh my God, I love like every song on this album. Boy, does this take me back. Um, uh, but yeah, finding, you know, Tom's Diner, hearing it, uh, for the first time, you know, catching it on the radio or something and being like, all right, I dig this groove, I dig this groove. And it, it again, it's, it's, you know, it's, it is a, I guess, kind of an indie pop song, even for that period in time. But that, um, that drum beat that it's got to it is this really kind of like hip hop beat do you have
1: a favorite part of the music video for this song by any chance
0: um oh god the music video the music video for itself is 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 really kind of a little odd and avant-garde you know it, it okay. it's not actually set in a diner you know you don't see her at the counter singing you don't see these visuals that you're hearing in the song and of course it goes to the uh the beat and you know here's the that kind of almost staccato video effect of a couple of people just you know doing a bit of a a b-boy dance uh i think i think my favorite part is the lyric when she says instead i poured the milk yes
1: I think I can relate to that. I think there's many <laughs> times in my life where I pour milk, where you know it's the morning, I'm pouring myself a bowl of cereal. I actually really just want to go back to bed and not go to work, but instead I pour the milk. You know, see I think, it there.
0: <laughs> I think see I every think, person's lyric.
1: Yes, it is, and and I mean that with with, with full respect and heart. You know,
2: yeah. I and I, of
1: course we we grew up. Some of our childhood friends were um,
0: relatives of Susan Vega. Wait, what? They lived down the down the street, the Vegas oh no you're thinking the vagos V A. are you serious yes no way yeah
1: are you wait no i'm
0: i can't reach your leg from here
1: what yeah i mean all this time i thought we were like we knew these famous people
0: no (sighs) we 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 are about as close to suzanne vega as an actual chevy vega okay
1: all right well uh uh, of course, here on the If Memory Search podcast, we are not fans of fake news. So I do retract that statement.
0: <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, Great choice, though. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's man. When I saw I was like that landed in 87. I'm like, perfect. Perfect. Because honestly, even though I do have a uh, a playlist of songs from 1987, um, it actually turns out that I built that list from songs that were on the Billboard Hot 100 from 1987 but a lot of them were recorded in 1986 Mm. so i couldn't use them because they did Mm. not come out in 86 Mm. or it didn't come out in 87 they came out in 86 right right so okay yeah that's okay i still found some good songs and for your number two you found (laughs) i can't believe this i love it i love it so much (laughs) and for my number two pick the hottest
1: jams of 1987 we have the rap music song city of crime from the 1987 87 film Dragnet, released in theaters in June of that year. Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks are wrapping their little hearts out. <laughs> let's take let's take a quick listen, folks. See that streamette, we're just in time. We have stumbled into a major
0: crime. They
2: got the girl off right. now that's not nice. I think she is the subject of a sacrifice.
0: Buddy, we're putting this party on ice.
2: But don't you know we really ought to read them their rights?
0: Read them their rights, read them their rights
2: here tonight to to right because right now you're in trouble you don't have to say
1: nothing at all', all got to you better make them the now just can't tell me that that's not an Oscar worthy song that I mean, is
0: utterly an Oscar worthy song I don't know if we're talking about um, the Academy Awards or Oscar the Grouch
1: uh, yeah well you know I think they played this song during the credits all, okay you know all all. all you know, all the cards on the table, but you know, there's a couple of things about the film Dragnet I definitely wanted to talk about. I love have that totally,
0: movie. Love totally, that
1: movie. Totally love that movie to death. Um, totally have huge childhood memories of that film. Mm-hmm. My f- there's two things of that film that stand out for me as as just the tops. The first are the bad guys in it, the pagans who yes. wear the the woolly like shaps the, or whatever the, 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 the leggings, goat, the goat, the goat, the chaps. goat leggings. Yes. Yeah, those guys like. Sign me up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Where do I sign? <laughs> How do I join? Right. And the next thing is um, there's a there's a char- there's a character actor who has a really brief part in this film. Her name is Kathleen Freeman. Okay. And she she plays an older woman, she, uh, the landlady of an apartment of a character, Emo Muzz. Okay. And she has a really famous scene because she. It's only like about a minute and a half. It's like ninety seconds long. But she cusses up a blue storm, and like half of all the childhood swear words I know as a kid, I learned from the movie um, uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash with Whoopi yeah. Gold. Which yeah, we talked we've about talked about, about that episode. in the past. The other fifty percent of all the cuss words I learned as a child, I learned from this beautiful old actress Kathleen Freeman, um, and it's just the funniest scene. I rewatched it on YouTube today, and it's it just slays me. Nice, but before i ask you what are your some favorite some of your favorite memories of the film dragnet i just have to say there's something super um how do i say this almost feels like ahead of its time about that film in the sense that they took a property a tv show from the past that mm-hmm. was that was really straight laced and they did it up decades later as a feature film but they kind of took those characters and not made fun of them but almost like they put him as like fish out of water. Yeah. And, and that's that's such a like a thing that happened in like it feels like in the 90s and then in the 2000s, like when they made the, the feature film of the Brady Bunch and they mm-hmm. made they the way that they envisioned that film was let's just have this family like they're straight out of the 60s and they look really bizarre and funny, but they don't get it themselves. Right. Which is totally what Dan Aykroyd is in that film. It is completely meta in that sense. Yes. And I was racking my brain, thinking like, were there any films before *Dragnet* where that happened, where they did that? Oh boy, I I think that might be actually kind of groundbreaking. Because it's don't like, know. I mean, these days it's a dime a dozen. You, there's so many movies that come out that are based on TV shows from the past, mm-hmm. but they're doing it with like tongue-in-cheek and they're just you know what i mean
0: oh, yeah they try yeah. Trying to to make totally. it funnier
1: than it really really was mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and i just thought i it's just i was like wow dragnet you know it's not just a funny film it's kind of groundbreaking but anyway what are your some of your memories of dragnet
0: oh, this is gosh. what i'm really interested in um boy uh, when 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 they infiltrate the meeting of the pagans mm-hmm. right, right so they they totally dress up like them, and they go in and again it's it's like you're saying that they're they're playing it straight laced, but they're trying to fit in. So that that alone is funny,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? The whole thing, you know, the the whole meeting goes goes to hell because you know they kind of bungle things up. But then well, they're, they're trying tr- to save the
1: virgin, right? Like they throw it yes. in like a snake
0: bit. That's right. That's right. right. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay. But afterward, you know, when they are still like half in those outfits at this yes. point. And they are trying to explain to their boss, yeah, um, what happened. And of course, they're both talking at the same time, right? And there's it, this it, giant snake, and the- yeah, and 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 they're 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 kind of like showing how they were dancing. Yes, like, I always yes, had this yes, memory yes. of kind of this, <laughs> yes. you know, semi-robotic, you know, hand swinging, <laughs> leg kicking, kind of dancing. And it, I will never get that out of my mind. That's just that's yeah. one of those things burned in there from this movie. And Tom Hanks is wearing like a hairnet or something. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Can,
1: can you, can I, am, am I allowed to say this? I mean, I feel like Tom Hanks is a national treasure, but at the same time, it's like he made that film Philadelphia in like the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And like after that, he got all, I don't want to say artsy, but it's like all of a I'm sudden serious. he's winning Academy Awards left and right. Mm-hmm. Give me like 1980s goofy Tom Hanks any day of the month. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It's like, I, that's, that's. That's my Tom Hanks.
0: I did, don't know. Did you did you know he played Fred Rogers very recently in a film? <laughs> Mr. Rogers? Yeah.
1: I hope they didn't do that up like a Dragnet thing where they make it, they take something holy and
0: then just do it tongue in cheek or something. I, I, I'd i actually probably really enjoy that. Um, no, 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 no. It It is all played very serious. And, and it's, you know, lots of people have been quite moved by his performance uh, as as Mr. Rogers. Um, you want to
1: hear a disturbing Mister Rogers anecdote?
0: Why not? Um,
1: one of one of the segments on his TV show was about how he um had to undergo a real life operation for a tonsillectomy. Okay. And the person who filmed it, it was their very first, I think, um, one of their first film gigs. And it was um, George Romero who went on to direct um, Night of the Living Dead. What? Um yeah and it's so it's like um anyway it's this weird like mashup of like Mr Rogers and like horror films or something Go So
0: ahead. George you're what well, you're saying George Romero filmed Mr Rogers tonsillectomy
1: yeah, it was something like it was something like Mr. Rogers had to get his tonsils out. So they thought, hey, let's film it. Let's put it in the show. So we'll teach kids about tonsillectomies. Maybe it'll sure. be less scary for them.
2: Sure. We need
1: we're going to need like a camera guy to come actually into the hospital to film it.
0: You know, we got to find someone local in I think Pittsburgh, wherever they were. And and it's um, and it's hey, George, what are you doing tomorrow afternoon?
1: Yeah, it's like, hey, there's this there's this young guy out of film school. Maybe we can get him on the cheap. His name's Romero, you know. Oh, my God. And, yeah. And then it's like. All of a sudden, he's doing like
0: zombie, flesh-eating movies and stuff. But. All probably inspired by Mister Rogers' tonsillectomy.
1: But anyway, Tom Hanks, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Thank- Dan Aykroyd, thank you so much for rapping in the film Dragnet. Yeah, that was for awesome. The that you've Crime." I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Oh boy, well, what's your uh,
1: what's your number two pick? We're getting my, up there.
0: My number two. I know we are totally getting up there. My number two, this, you know, we talk about having a crush on, uh, Beverly Crusher earlier, obviously, um, yeah, Redheads. Elvira. Elvira, yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. She's a redhead. Yes. Yes, she is. Cassandra Peterson. Oh, in real life, Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this, this was a song that I liked very much in 1987. I owned the cassette. Okay. Um, recently found it again, bought it, um, I'll admit, much of the album doesn't hold up. But this okay. song, I Think We're Alone Now, by Tiffany, by Robin Sparkles. Yes, let's go to the mall. <laughs> I have to say, having watched this music video. Yes. Um, the, the the whole Robin Sparkles thing from How I Met Your Mother is is an almost frame for frame perfect send up of this video. Oh really? It's it's amazing.
1: Oh, interesting. It okay. is amazing.
0: Like I I get it. You know, she was just starting out, I think this was her first music video. Much okay. of it was shot. In like shopping mall performances, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, but if you watch it, look at the camera quality, um, uh, just kind of the, the different angles. Like they're just like picking very random random locations. Hey, we're in a train yard and there's a train going by. Here, start singing, you know. And now you're singing in the mall, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, it, it there is something it really just looks like somebody had like our original VCR, the one that you had to like literally carry around half the VCR and a 600 <laughs> pound camera in yes. order to shoot anything, you know, that, 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 that white balance is, is never quite right in, in the film quality. So it just a little, um, a little washed out. Yes. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, there's something so quintessentially '80s about mm. this music video. Um, but in terms of the song, when this, as soon as this came out, I'm like, I, I have such a big crush on this lady, mm. um, and and I just absolutely fell in love with the song. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I, I believe it's actually a cover.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I. I I'm really familiar with the original. Oh, okay. Um, this, this version uh, was was kind of new to me. Now, do you know? Did did we talk about Tiffany on the episode we did the Valentine's Day episode about childhood crushes? Oh, did we? we? Did, okay, we did.
0: okay, okay. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, when you get a chance, watch watch the music video, and you'll be like, oh my god, yeah, I can totally see Kobe Smolders doing this instead of <laughs> Tiffany, right. whatever her last name is.
1: And and folks, I really we we hear the. The, uh, if Memory Serves podcast, really do appreciate our listeners and those that listen in. Um, I really hope you're still listening at this point. I hope my brother and I um, – I hope I don't think we're alone now. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, I hope we didn't lose you after I talked about people transporting feces on Star Trek. Um,
0: Hopefully that I think brought that's listeners great, in.
1: That's a great choice, though, because it's a classic song. Tiffany's a classic 80s icon. Um and, yeah, that's really, it's, I, I really dig how you had those childhood memories. Did you have, like, a poster of her in, like, the closet or anything? No,
0: or? no, I didn't. Oh. Uh, not neither, neither in, in the closet in my room, or our room, I guess, because we shared a room, Um, uh, or, or on the walls. Nope. I, I never actually had a poster of her. I just had the cassette. Okay, okay. That was probably enough. <laughs> probably with, with as much denim as she wore. <laughs> Jeans, jean jacket, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right. Uh... All right, we've reached the top of the list. Is it really my turn to go number one? It is. Oh, geez, the pressure. Drop with it my, like it is at least tepid. Drop
1: it like it's tepid. And with my number one pick of the hottest jams of 1987, I have the theme song for the television show, "Unsolved the Mysteries, premiered in 1987 on NBC. And let's take a quick listen, folks. solve mysteries and i really i have to i have to come clean with you taylor and with our listeners Um, it feels like each episode we do there's at least one thing i talk about that either consciously or subconsciously i steal shamelessly from another podcast that i listen to called the purple stuff podcast um last month of course we talked about the clone heads halloween costume Mm -hmm. um, right um which i only found out about from this gentleman's website his name is matt um, about half of all of Matt's podcast episodes, it seems, are about his childhood memories of Unsolved Mysteries, especially the theme song to Unsolved Mysteries.
0: It's but pretty spooky.
1: It is spooky. Um, It was a great show. I mean, um, perhaps you can solve a, help solve a mystery. I mean, think about it. It's almost like the TV version of those little kid books where you could choose your own ending of the mystery. Like, go to page 69 if you want to choose B, you know? Because seriously, because you never... It's like, I mean, the next the next week's episode, maybe they've caught the person that they just had a segment on. You know, you don't know, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's sort of reality TV in a sense, you know, and uh, kind of a yeah, totally. Um, Robert Stack, a legend, yeah, uh, for time. sure. Um, and it's just it's just definitely a, a bumpin' um, a bumpin' song. I think I read this evening that the folks who did the music for the theme song also mm-hmm. did the music for the f- feature film *Breakin'*. Which I think was a really movie
0: or something. Oh yeah, yeah, no, mm. I remember breaking really and, and breaking two Electric Boogaloo.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, which is you know, hey, you know, talk about um, a great range of talent. You know, yeah, good Lord, into, I, I remember renting. Mysteries.
0: I remember renting both those movies from the Curtis Mathis back in the early VHS <laughs> rental days. Did you have a preference, Breaking or Breaking Two? Um, I don't know that I had a preference. I mean. Uh, probably okay. the first one sequels are never quite as they never quite live up to the original
1: did you ever watch Unsolved mysteries and if so do you have any um segments that you remember distinctly or fondly? no or... i never
0: really watched it wow wow yeah.
2: wow okay. yeah
0: i don't i don't necessarily gravitate to a lot of that true crime mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of stuff um but i was i was always aware of it uh, of course you, know, you can it watch was it in my zeitgeist
1: it was in your zeitgeist yes um, people can watch the series again now on um, Amazon. It's never been, to the best of my knowledge, released on VHS or DVD.
0: Interesting.
2: Um,
1: but it's, it's a shame because apparently it won't re-air segments that dealt with crimes for which the statute of limitations have already expired. Mm-hmm. In the sense that if they do find the culprit, they don't want the person to like get in trouble because they really couldn't press charges anymore. Oh, which gotcha. is a shame because... One of my favorite segments, you can only now see in a grainy YouTube version, and it's about a woman who um, would go from town to town. She worked for department stores, and then after six months of gaining everybody's trust, she'd empty out the safe and move on to a different town and take a new identity. Um, But she um, uh, suffered from, uh, like I do, obesity. And, um, it was, the episode is so bad because every other thing that the people are saying, it's like some sort of really cruel, put down fat joke, body shaming no. thing. Dang. And which is, you know, here on the, here on the, uh, if memory serves podcast, we are not fans of body shaming in any way, shape or form, but it's so, um, it's just so jarring. <laughs> wow. Um, and it's, but it, it gets to the point almost where it's a little endearing, actually. Um, anyway, uh, I just had to throw that out there. Fair. That's my, uh, that's my number one pick of the hottest jams in 1987. And now I am desperately eager to hear, and, and I'm sure our listeners are, what your
0: number one pick is, Taylor. Come over here. Um, uh, my Oh, that was one... so creepy. Oh, thank you. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> okay. What? I didn't say anything that was an EVP, right? jeez. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. My my number one pick, uh, uh I did that because it's how the song opens. It's Need You Tonight by NXS from their album, Kick. So and
2: give me a moment. Your moves are so long. I've got to let you know. I've got to let you know.
0: Um, and this is actually a song I remembered. Well, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, In Excess, I mean, lots of great hits. Another Australian band. Uh-huh. Um, I actually saw them live in concert at the San Jose Arena. Uh, did you really? I did in 94. No way. Wait, uh, you mean
1: the, the Sharks Arena?
0: Yes. Oh, my. I never knew you.
1: have ever been to anything there.
0: I have. I've really? Been to, I've wow. been to a couple things there. But, yeah, I, I saw okay. In Excess. Mm. In 94, and it was just a day or two after Kurt Cobain had taken his life. Oh, God. Okay. Um, And they actually dedicated a song to him. And strangely enough, I actually found footage of that dedication and that song on YouTube. Oh, wow. Amazingly enough. Um, But, of course, in a cruel twist of fate or irony or both, you know, obviously the lead singer of NXS, Michael Hutchins, would later go on to take his own life, too
2: oh
1: and that was not too long ago right um it it was it
0: It it's probably 20 years ago yeah it's longer ago than you think it was no that's okay i
1: think it's somebody else i guess oh i'm thinking Um, about the cranberries person
0: yes dolores or yeah
1: but that wasn't a suicide no anyway i'm sorry that was an accidental yeah like od or something yeah
0: yeah 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 and that was that was really heartbreaking because i love their music too um uh, but yeah, Need You Tonight Kick that whole album. I mean, a lot of NXS's music, I really, I just dig um, a lot. And, and you know, this particular song, I mean, I think you ask just about anyone on there, short of maybe Devil Inside, um, mm-hmm. is like, you know, if you say, okay, name an NXS song, let me let, they'll probably mention this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so between um, its popularity and and my recollections of of seeing these guys live, it was like, well, that that's that's a slam dunk, mm-hmm. number one. Although granted, I look at any of my top three and I'm like, you know, any any number of these could have easily been my number one. Would would
1: the NXS song and the Midnight Oil song have been the only two songs on your top ten list that you've actually seen performed live?
0: um yes okay yes cool. just there's more than like i could say run that through my head real quick because i've been to you know a number of like concert festivals mm-hmm. over the year where you know you, you pay one ticket price and you end up seeing 15 bands over the course of the day um but oh, i I've, yeah. I've not seen any of these other artists live
1: okay okay yeah you know it's funny that you mentioned that i heard a television or a radio commercial for um one of the local indian gaming casinos up here in yeah. my neck of the woods and they're having an event it might have actually already happened um it's the it's kind of like all the surviving members of oingo boingo oh nice kind of performing live of uh, music from weird science oh
0: very cool
1: which is like, I mean, I, me and India, I'm not like a big like, hey, it's the weekend. I'm going to go to the Indian Casino. It's like, eh, no, not really. But that actually, I kind of was listening to that and being like,
0: hmm. Tempting. But,
1: um, you know, I really I really dug your, your 10 choices tonight. And, you know, I really had, I got to tell you, when I was getting to the end of my choices,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I was starting to get a little nostalgic because I had so much fun just kind of bopping around the internet and trying to be like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. You know? Oh,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Um it was a lot of fun
0: saying yeah, you know, as I was gathering up the uh the the samples that you hear in this episode, you know i not only did I get to go down through my list, I got to go down through yours and and yeah, some of that nostalgia was uh pretty sweet to the taste mm-hmm mm-hmm, hmm. oh boy, we did it we'll yeah. need to, we'll we'll need to do this again sometime we'll oh, pick yeah. pick another year, yeah, um. And and make our way through uh, all those memories. That'll be fantastic. Definitely, definitely. What are we now? What are we talking about for uh, next month's episode? Well, next month, celebrating our first full year. Oh God, has it been? It we beginning of December, end of November, Jeez. beginning of December, because it was yeah. Thanksgiving last year that we came up with the idea for this podcast. Christmas episode, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So we are doing our first ever review. So we are going to sit down and watch a uh, TV movie that Seb and I both have very, very vivid memories of. Mm -hmm. Um, I will put a link to it in the show notes. I will actually tweet this link out. Uh, Mm. Please don't report it because um, otherwise we're really going to have trouble reviewing it. Um, But watch along with us and uh, uh listen to our review uh next month in december it's the 1985 nbc tv movie poison ivy and i know i think we briefly mentioned that that tv movie on a previous episode i'm not yes. sure which one i think it was about Valentine's childhood... because yeah, it's it, isn't right yeah.
1: right um, but i think um I think, I think I'm ready to go deep on this one.
0: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, we saw this so many times. Michael J. Fox, Adam Baldwin, Nance McKeon, a bunch of crazy kids that who knows what they got up to since then. Um, the simple fact that, you know, this is still out there and, and we can see it is amazing. And Mm -hmm. I watched just like maybe the first 12 minutes a few months ago Mm -hmm. And just in that amount of time, the number of memories that came back Mm -hmm. was a little overwhelming. I literally had to stop and be like, okay, I'm not ready to watch this whole thing right now. Um, Have you you since then watched the
1: whole thing from soup to nuts? Oh, wow. No. So
0: so the first time that I'm going to watch it from end to end um, in probably 20 or 25 years uh, is going to be for our next episode. This is excellent. I can't wait. I'm really
1: excited about this one. I think it's going to be really interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, this this will be interesting, and 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 hopefully we will do uh, more reviews in the future. We've even kicked around the idea of like literally sitting down, watching um, you know a movie from our childhood, and and actually doing a commentary. So you could actually listen to our episode while mm-hmm. watching the movie, uh, as if you're just hanging out with us, having some pizza, and watching along. We'll oh, try I can't wait! This bur- gonna be much. fun yeah yeah definitely so tune in for that in a month uh in the meantime you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at memory serves pod you can follow me on twitter at my new handle blue box ufo and you can follow seb at clan mcmuffin Uh, always the greatest name Mm. subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher or wherever you consume podcasts just search if memory serves hey we're also now on spotify if you are a fan of listening to podcasts that way please rate and review us as well that helps us get up there and get exposed to more eyes and you know what works almost even better than that tell a friend share us with our share us with your friends we're we're open like that also, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the NOTLG, and you can get all the amazing podcasts on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. If, uh, you know, you want to get yourself something nice for the holidays, they are coming up, whether it be Halloween, Thanksgiving, or Christmas, or any of the other ones in between, uh, go over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and you can treat yourself to one of our new If Memory Serves shirts, our super cool uh, cassette tape logo.
1: It's all about the swag, folks. It is all
0: about the swag. And you know what? We got swag coming for you in 2019. So if you are in a position to, we would love it if you'd help out the entire Night of the Living Geeks Network over at patreon.com N-O-T-L-G. Whatever you can support us with would be massively appreciated. Morgan Willis does our intro and outro music. You can check him out on Facebook. Just search up Morgan Willis. His name is all in caps. You can't miss it. He's on Twitter as Morgan Willis eighty two, and be sure to check him out on SoundCloud or Spotify. Just search up Morgan Willis. Well, that does it for nineteen eighty seven. I'm gonna go. Great job, uh, man. Yeah, I'm gonna go listen to some Reagan speeches or something. Um I don't know. I was trying to think of something else. Nineteen eighty seven ish. Uh next we're going back two years into the past, we're watching Poison Ivy, and we will catch you then. See ya. Good night, folks. Oh, oh, oh Oh my gosh. What is going on? Yeah, as Guy
1: Fury comes out of nowhere and starts screaming like the exorcist behind my shoulder. Thanks for scaring the crap out of me, Guy. (laughs) That guy's scary enough as it is, but it's like, when you're not inspecting him, and like Flavortown just rolls up on you when you're having a podcast with your brother.
0: (laughs) What's that about? Oh, okay. I I think this is our outro now. (laughs)